What a moment. What an honor for us to be a part of this moment in history that God had a story that he has been writing and he would allow all of us to be a small part of his epic story. And I am, I'm so, so glad to be here. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad our online family, everybody in additional seating, glad you're there. There's like 600, 700 people in additional seating right now too. So love all of y'all so very much. We appreciate you. Hey, turn around, give somebody a hug. Give them a hug. Give, give somebody else a hug. Handshake. Come on, get, let the love flow. Let the love flow. Let the love flow. Say hi to the people around you. Make sure they feel welcome at our home. And then you may take a seat. You may take a seat. Come on, you made it to day one, day one, day one. For those of you who are with us for the first time, we have a creed that we do every week. This creed gives you a snapshot of what we believe and what we're about as a church. And we actually put it on the screen so all of us can say it together. So on the count of three, I want all of us to do this in the balcony and the floor, additional seating. Which camera's my close camera? That one's my close, okay. So let's say the creed together on the count of three. One, two, three. I am loved by God. I cannot earn it. I cannot lose it. In Christ, I am forgiven and made brand new. I live with passion and purpose. I am empowered by the Spirit to be the church in the world and to live for the glory of God. That's our creed. Yes, you can clap your hands for sure. And just so you know, this is not the only campus we have. We got some other campuses, so you guys are about to welcome everybody in. Let's give it up. Hello, Frisco, Antigua, Guatemala. Obviously, everybody online, you've been with us the whole time. We love you so much. Our Frisco campus just moved into our new building there. Oh, I don't know, about six weeks or so ago. And now we are in our new building here, Frisco. So thank you for praying and being a part of this miracle. Uh, everybody in Antigua, Guatemala, we love you so very much. This is an historic day for our church. It was just 11 years ago uh, that we were meeting in the Angelica movement, not even the Angelica, we were, in our, we were actually in our house uh, at that time and just trying to figure out what God had in store. And we didn't know all of you were on the other side of that yes, but thank you so, so much for jumping on this journey. There is room for all of us in this beautiful God story, and I cannot wait to see what's on the horizon. But we're going to open up the Bible today. Y'all ready? You guys ready for this? Go to Luke. Luke chapter 15, Luke chapter 15, we're going to begin reading in verse number one. It says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Uh, the title of today, some of you are holy and like to take notes, and I appreciate that. I take notes when I go to church, and that the title of today is, It's a Party. It's a Party. It's a Party. Turn to the person next to you and say, It's a Party. Tell them. It's a Party. Tell your second choice. Tell your second choice. It's a Party. It's a Party. I love the Gospel of Luke. It's uh, maybe my favorite Gospel. Uh, Luke is a physician, um, but he's actually the only New Testament writer that's a Gentile. 
which means he, he's not Jewish. And God had a plan and a purpose for all of humanity, but that plan and purpose started with the Jewish nation. He was going to redeem and save uh, through this Jewish bloodline. That's who Jesus was, a Jew. Uh, but it wasn't always just going to be with the Jews. It was always designed to be for all of humanity. But, but Luke here, this gospel writer, he understands what it feels like to be an outsider. He understands what it's like to feel like he's on the outside looking in. I, I like him because as you read through his gospel, you can see lots of outsider stories. Even in Luke chapter 14, you can read it later uh, this week. There's a stories, a stories, a parables about a lot of outsiders, how they're being welcomed in. And here in Luke chapter 15, we have a similar story uh, happening. We have an outsider writing about outsiders, about Jesus sitting with outsiders. Now, this whole outsider phenomenon, you know, it goes all the way back to middle school. Y'all remember having your lunch and trying to figure out, where am I going to sit? Where am I? Well, what happened in middle school keeps on. Happens in high school, happens in boardrooms. Maybe the only woman in a boardroom. The only man, the only Latino in a boardroom. Everybody else looks a certain way. You look a different way. You can feel like you're on the outside looking in. Everybody went to an Ivy League school, but you barely made it through school. Or, or, or even on the reverse sometimes, everybody uh, in the circle doesn't have a degree, but you've got like this, this degree from a prestigious place, and you don't want to let anybody know about that because sometimes the hate can come that way too. You can still feel like an outsider. COVID was tough on most of us, but I've got some friends that COVID was not hard on at all, but they don't like to tell anybody. <laughs> they want to kind of keep it under wraps because it was such a difficult time for so many people. And so sometimes they can feel like they're on the outside looking in because they didn't experience the same amount of pain that everybody else experienced. So, so you can be on the outside looking in, but this happens if you have kids and you're around a bunch of people who don't have kids or, or you don't have kids and you're around people who do have kids or you're single and you're around married people or you're married and you're around single people. It doesn't matter. All of us at some point in time can feel this level of I'm an outsider. Matter of fact, I would say some people even feel that at church today. Feel like I, I don't fit here. These people, they must be perfect. But if you saw the background checks of the people in this church... You feel right at home. <laughs> if you knew the amount of weed that has been smoked by individuals in this church, you feel right at home. <laughs> Hopefully not right now, though. <laughs> so many of us have walked into a space like this, and we're like, I, I don't know if I fit. The gospel writer Luke here is, is trying to let us know, hey, hey, you, you fit, because he's following the life of Jesus. And you see here in Luke chapter 15 that Jesus is sitting with the sinners. 
Now, as a Jewish man, he's not supposed to be hanging out with them. It's like he becomes unclean as being with them. But here is Jesus going to the outsiders, hanging out with them. And now we're about to hear some parables, some stories from Jesus. And he's about to say some things that are really, really powerful and share some stories that are necessary for all of us. So what we're about to read, this is Jesus speaking to the sinners who are sitting with him. Yes. But he's also talking and speaking to the religious leaders who are watching him. But he's also talking to us. He's talking to me. He's talking to you. So I want our ears to be tuned in to what Jesus is saying here. Go with me uh, to verse number 11. Verse number 11. There's some other parables you can read uh, later, but Jesus, verse 11, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Some of you are familiar with this story. Others of us, you have no idea what this story is all about. But maybe you've heard like the story of the prodigal son, uh, the son that that got this inheritance from his dad. And then he goes to Vegas or he goes to L.A. and he blows his whole inheritance. I mean, it's gone in a matter of minutes. There's a famine that hits the land and the guy loses all of his money. He ends up on the streets. He is living in a cardboard box. He has lost lost his way. There is a time he comes back home, and we'll get to that a little bit later, but it's not just a story about one lost brother. It's a story actually about two lost brothers, and, 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 and the second lost brother can sometimes get lost in the story, uh, but I think that second lost brother can sometimes connect with some of us, especially those of us who have been around church before. So the second lost brother is is not the story of a son that left and came home. It's the story of a son that stayed but still fought like a slave. Go with me. Go with me here. Go, go, go with me to Luke chapter 15. We'll go to verse number 25. Meanwhile, 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 the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. Why is everyone doing the Cupid shuffle? So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. We'll get to that in just a second. But he answered his father, look, all these years I have been slaving for you. And never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him? My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is always yours. But, but we had to celebrate and be glad because your, this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found brother comes home and the older brother's not even happy about it. And we figure out why he's saying, I've been slaving for you. He's been in the father's house, but he's not living in grace. He's living by works. He's not drinking in the love of the father. 
He's actually drinking in his effort and his energy and his own righteousness. And he comes in and he hears a party going on for his brother that has been lost and he gets upset. He gets jealous and angry because someone who was lost was found. How many times... I'll tell you this, I'm sorry for those of you who think that this is what the church is about because you have experienced maybe some people that were just really crotchety and angry and nasty and mean-spirited, but I'm telling you, those people need the same grace of God that you need. So I don't want us to ever be a church that throws stones at those who are lost and I don't want us throwing stones at those who are already found but are living like they're lost. Can we just go ahead and drop all of our stones and say, Jesus, we are in desperate need of your grace no matter where we are. I'll put it this way. The same grace that brought you home is the same grace that keeps you in Jesus as well. This is the grace that you need. That's why all of us are welcome. That's why all of us who feel like outsiders can come on home because Jesus says, I don't care what your sin is. Your victimhood does not make you right with God and you being a valedictorian doesn't make you right with God. What makes makes us right with God is the finished work of Jesus Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. That's how we have been made right with God, and that's how we're always made right with God. So the father's trying to talk to the son like, man, what are you talking about? Everything I have is yours. See, somehow this son, I don't know when this happens, but he switched from it being good in the father's house to like, a should in the father's house. Like I, I was at home and grateful and thankful, but all of a sudden he became familiar with the blessings that were around him and just started thinking, you owe this to me, God. You owe this to me. Don't you know how good I've been? Don't you know all the pain I've been through? Don't you all know the difficulties I've endured? I'm owed this. And the son began to get his mindset messed up. It got so messed up when a lost brother of his came home, he couldn't even connect with his lost brother. Is your heart there? Has your heart drifted? Are you so holy and so righteous now that you forgot that it's just even God's goodness that you're even here? That without his breath, you and I don't even get to breathe. That without his love pursuing us, you and I are lost in our trespasses and sins. But the grace of God kept on coming after us anyway. Do you see here that even for this religious, hypocritical, mean-spirited son, the father still left the party and went to go find him? I am grateful that God even goes after the hypocrites. I'm grateful that God even goes after the nasty people. I'm grateful that God goes after the mean people because some of us were those people, but God's grace reached down into the pit that we found ourselves in and pulled us up out of our works and said, let me shake you today. And say, it's always been my love for you. It's never been anything else. That's the older brother. Well, let's go back to the story, though, to the, to the younger brother. Look at the younger brother. He's cray-cray. Look at verse number 17. He's out partying. He is going to every Drake concert. He is going to every... He, this man is wild. When he came, verse 17, when he came to his senses, 
He said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Hmm. I want you to see here he got some stuff really right and he got some stuff really wrong. The thing that he got right in verse 18 is he's working on his speech, right? You know, teenagers, when you mess up and you got to figure, okay, okay, let me work on my speech. Okay, uh, mom, dad, I know you see the red cups in the house. I know you do. They were filled with water. And I don't know how it happened. These friends came over. They just showed up. I did not invite anyone. There was nothing on TikTok. There was nothing on Instagram. There's nothing on Snapchat. I, somehow, they all just showed up at my house. You try to rehearse your story. So here he is rehearsing his story. Going, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to my dad, and I'm going to say, I've sinned against you and against heaven, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I've sinned. This is what he got right. I've sinned. Now, I know in our day and age where we want to talk about love all the time, we don't think anybody sins. But it's not true. <laughs> God's perfect and holy, righteous and pure. And you and I, we missed the mark. It's like Draymond Green shooting threes, right? You, you, you missed the mark. Draymond, if you're watching right now, the Lord loves you. Don't put me in the headlock, brother. He, the, <laughs> I don't even know Draymond. I'm off the rails now. <laughs> Steph Curry, he usually hits. Some of y'all, you hit. But, but no one hits all their shots. No one. That's why the Bible says all have sinned. All have missed the mark that God has for them. All of us have gone our own way instead of God's way. Every single one of us, me included. There is not one person under the sound of my voice in additional seating online right now. Not one of us at our Frisco campus. Not one of us has done it all right all the time. Not one of us. The son gets this right. I have sinned. It is important that you acknowledge I have sinned. I have not gone the way of God in every decision I have made. I have gone my own way. I made it about me. I made it about my preferences. I made it about my feelings. I made it about my own thoughts. I I made it about me being happy. I didn't care what God said. I didn't care what his word said. I went my own way. I have sinned. That's a good thing. That's a right thing to understand. Once you go there, though, this son makes some conclusions about his sin that are wrong. The right thing is to say, I've sinned. His conclusion is, I'm no longer worthy. I'm no longer worthy to be your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. I'm no longer worthy. So now he makes an emotional and a positional statement. He says, because of the mistakes that I have made, because of how I've messed up, because of how I have fallen short, because of the shots I have missed, 
because of how people have hurt me or how I have hurt other people, because of the divorce, because of the abuse, because of the bankruptcy, because of the loss, because of all of my shortcomings, because of all of this, I am now worth less. My value to you, Father, has depreciated because of my decisions. He says, if I had stayed in the house, maybe my worth would have gone up. I would have been like a piece of real estate property. I would have gone up and up and up. But since I made this mistake, now I'm a depreciating asset. Now I was worth this, but now I'm worth this. And some of us are living with this lie in our heads right now. That's why some of us are in the relationships we're in right now. Because we don't see ourselves as worth what we used to be worth. So now we're willing to accept some behavior from some people that we should never accept. But you're willing to accept accepted because you don't understand the worth and the value that you have in Jesus Christ and because of your mistakes you're saying okay I'll take this I'm worth less maybe I haven't lost all my worth but I'm worth less if I hadn't made that mistake, I would still be here. But since I made that mistake, now I'm here. If I make another mistake, then I'm here. I make another mistake, then I'm here. And then before we know it, we are saying to God, I, I'd like to come home, but I'll probably just stand in the corner and just think about all my shortcomings. I won't serve. I won't be in a group. I'll just come in and come out. I don't want any friends because I am worth less than I used to be. But he's wrong. He's wrong. He's wrong. He says, I can only be like a hired son because now my behavior has like changed my birthright. What I did has now changed my connection, and I can't, I can't be your son anymore. I can't be your daughter anymore because of what I did. But did he ever stop being a son just because he went his own way? Did he ever stop being a son just because he gave the proverbial finger to his father? Did he ever stop being a son because he squandered all the wealth? No, he didn't stop being a son. He was an idiot. He was dumb. He was foolish. He was unwise. He sinned. But he did not stop being a son. So now in verse 20, watch this. I'm about to get you all out of here. Okay, we're going to get out of here. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. This is verse number 20. His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son. Do you see that the father ran to the son that was in the house and lost? And he also now runs to the son who's out of the house and lost because this is what our father does. He always runs to his sons and daughters. He gets there. He threw his arms around him and he kissed him. And I want my sons to know I'll be kissing you for the rest of your life. I know my 18-year-old and 13-year-old sons don't like it, but I kiss them anyway 
because that's what fathers do. Because I love you and I'm for you and I don't care what mistake you have ever made. You're still my son. The son said to his father, here's a speech. Here's a speech. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And the father ignores him. But the father said to his servants, quick, quick, not slowly, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Quick, 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 quick. He says, quick, 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 quick. Sh shut up, son. Shut up. What are you talking about? You're not worthy. Shut up, son. Nonsense. I've been waiting for you. Nonsense. Yeah, you sinned, but you're still my son. Now, you, you want to be a hired servant? No, I don't do that to my sons. I don't do that to my daughters. Be quiet. Matter of fact, you... Shh. Dumb and dumber, shh. Just go. Shh. You be quiet right here. Quick. Bring some raggedy, old, half-eaten. No, no. Go get the best robe. This is what the Bible says. This the, the Bible says get the best robe and then get a ring. Get a ring and put it on his finger. Go get some J's. Find me some J's somewhere and put them on this sons of mine feet. And matter, don't, don't anybody bring me any kale right now. What I want right now is I want a calf and I don't want some skinny calf. I want a fat calf. Bring me a calf that's just like... Bring me a fat calf, and I want you to kill. We're having brisket tonight. Come on, Texas. You better give me an amen on that. We're having brisket tonight because this son of mine was lost. He was lost. He's, he's home. He's home. All of us, all of us here, when you know that someone's been lost, and I know you're in this room right now. I know you're at our campuses. I know you're online. You're like, oh, yeah, this is me. I'm, I'm the son. I'm the son. I'm the son. I'm the son. I'm the daughter. I'm the daughter that's lost. And I've been thinking, I've been thinking I'm not worthy, and I'm letting you know you're worthy not because of your decisions and not because of who you are. It's because of who he is. That's why you're not worthy. It's because of who Jesus is that you're worthy. So now, now when you come home, you got to understand there is a best robe. There are, there's a ring, and there are sandals and there's a calf and there's a party for you. All of us in here celebrate. Whenever someone comes home, we celebrate this story that there would be rings and robes and sandals. Can I peel it back for just a second? Can I peel it back for a second and just tell us here, I see some things in the father's house that I want to make sure stay in this house. I see generosity in the father's house. I see hospitality in the Father's house. I see kindness in the Father's house. I see serving in the Father's house. I see joy in the Father's house. All of these things are here in the Father's house. And I'm letting you know Shoreline City, because some of y'all are new. We are this type of church. This is our aim. We're going to be a generous church. We're going to be a hospitality kind of church. We're going to be a kind kind of church. We're going to be a serving kind of church. 
church. And we're going to do it all with joy at this place. Matter of fact, I'll, I'll put it this way. We are a robe giving, ring blessing, sandal pudding, <laughs> calf eating. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Party throwing church. That's what we are here at Shoreline City. That's what we are. So if you don't like robes, and if you don't like rings, and if you don't like sandals, and if you don't like the fatting calf, and if you don't like parties being thrown, you will not like this church. Because we're not trying to be like your brokenness. We're trying to be like our Father. And we're saying, Jesus, since you've been this good to us, with a heart of gratitude, this is how we're going to treat everybody that comes in. This is who we are. So for some of you, for some of you, you can feel it in your heart right now. This is your, and I'll put it simply, your welcome home. It's your welcome home. It's your welcome home. It's God brought you here for this moment. Welcome home. You're not worth less. I'm a pastor, and don't think you're worth less than me. No, my friends, at the foot of the cross, all of us are equal, and all of us are in need of the same forgiveness and the same Savior. So would we today, in Jesus' name, step into this with humility and with joy, because we're coming home today. If you wouldn't mind, bow your heads for just a moment, friends, in additional seating in this room. I ask you to bow your heads not because it's mystical or magical, but just so for this moment, you can hear and sense the grace of Almighty God pursuing you. If you're under the sound of my voice and you have never given your heart and your life to Jesus, you've never made him first, you've never made him number one, you've never made him the boss of your life, but you're saying, I don't want to go my own way anymore. I want to come home. Or you're saying there was a time you were following Jesus, but you slipped away, you've gone your own direction, you're doing your own thing, and you're saying, I don't want to go my own way anymore. Or maybe you're even like that older son, and you just know your heart has drifted, you have gone mean in your soul, and it's time for you to receive again the grace that can only come from God. If you've never given your heart to Christ, or at one point in time you did, you slipped away. On the count of three, I want you to do something simple but bold. I just want you to throw your hand in the air and say, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. Ready? One, two three. Just put your hand up in the air. You're saying, yep, that's me. We've got friends all over. You're saying, yep, that's me. That's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. This is the miracle that we've been praying for. This is, this is awesome. This is beautiful. You're saying, yeah, this is me. This is me. I want to give my heart. I want to give my life to Christ. I'm going to ask everyone to do me a favor, if you would not mind. Every person, put your hand over your heart. And I want all of us to repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I made mistakes, and today I give you my heart, I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can you lift your heads up, clap your hands? Come on, church. Come on, can we clap our hands like sons and daughters are coming home? 